This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. This is hour two of Kelly and Ramia. We're kicking it off with Grant Hardy and myself, Ramia Amadin. Kelly's taking the uh, two hours off chilling and we're learning a lot about ai today grant such an incredible discussion we just had with dr uh, trevor Ennis, and uh, we barely got to the the committee and the work that she's doing but just the insight that she offered on the ethics around ai and uh, the models and what we're really relying on up until this point but so many red flags and things that we need to put press pause on if we want if we can acknowledge that AI is as big as it is, but also tremendously um, unethical in a lot of different ways, or has the potential to be. Yeah, I have to tell you that I have such a conflicted relationship with AI because some of it is amazing, Mm -hmm. having those images described, having it do research for you, whatever that may be. And other times I'm just really afraid or anxious about this arms race to develop AI, which I feel like we've kind of jumped into without knowing what we're doing, which, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's not hard to get the AI to say, you know, really ridiculous or, you know, offensive things about disability, then turn around and in the next breath, say something positive. Mm. You know, it just, I'm not, convinced that it's really gotten to this point where it's authentic i don't know what you think the uh, the thing is though that i just have to accept it because there's no going back yeah and i don't even know what authentic could possibly mean at this point because it's it's like computerized right like it's taking Mm. it's very calculated or mathematical or formulaic like all these different things that we throw around a to describe ai is legitimately what it is it's taking everything that it has access to and then spitting out responses or roles that we need from it uh now without the human intervention it would just do it all based on whatever is available and and that's exactly what our guest was pointing out is the stuff that's available is quite biased and constantly changing because you know historically what disability was and locationally or geographically how disability is perceived just as an example if we're talking disability is not consistent from place to place, from uh, concept to concept, and also the momentum of where we need it to go, the discussions around disability. But how do you explain all this to AI? Because we're becoming more and more hands-off as AI continues to get bigger and more powerful. It reminds me of that quote from uh, uh, Her- Harry Potter, where they said, you know, be careful using something where you can't see where it keeps its brain. Yes, yeah. And AI, you're you're using something where you don't have access to exactly how it works. And that's odd. Yeah. When we say, you know, generically, like, "Uh uh-oh, it's gotten too big and we can't do anything about it or we should be worried, Um, because as you said, the, the war of who can do AI better is it's already too big, right? It's too big to handle. It's too big to conceptualize. Um, but unfortunately, like the 
details that I'm hearing now, especially in this last conversation, really paint that picture of exactly why we still need to worry. Not just, you know, be afraid, but this is the reason why we need to be afraid because uh, it can't, like, we can't just trust AI to do the right thing. There's there's some genuine concern and some genuine benefits too, but I I just feel like we're we're moving too fast. We're moving to a point where we're not separating what is AI and what is real, what is what is authentic yeah. human content. And I just I don't know. I really don't know okay. how to deal with it. It's getting harder and harder by the day. We're gonna um, we're unable to hang out with our friend Mathieu Rochette, our Montreal community reporter today. So hopefully we'll get him back sometime this month to give us a scoop on what's going on in Montreal. But in the meantime, we're gonna take you back to a conversation that I had with or during the Balance for Blind Adults Community Fair. That was in September, but we still got a couple of these interviews that we got that we'd love to share with you. So. This one is with Dominic Cattulli, and he is the Program and Services Manager at CultureLink. So let's find out what CultureLink is all about. I'm Ramia Amadin of Kelly and Ramia, and I'm here with Dominic Cattulli, Senior Manager for Programs and Services at CultureLink, and we're going to learn a little bit more about CultureLink. Dominic, hello. Hello, Ramia. How are you? Nice to meet you. I'm doing well. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role uh, and the organization so we can get started. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, my name is Dominic Cattula, as you said, and I'm the uh, Senior Manager of Program and Services with CultureLink. Settlement Services is quite new to me. I'm originally coming from uh, Employment Services. And over the period of time that I've been with CultureLink, um, you know, I've seen the benefits of an organization like this. Our organization generally provide support to newcomers coming into Canada mm. and you know look, individuals looking for having their children settle in schools, uh, looking for health care, looking for uh, programming, looking for employment uh, supports and whatnot. So we're generally in a lot of community spaces, we're in schools, um, we offer services for youth, we also offer services for seniors. So there's a wide spectrum of programs that we offer for our our clients and the ones come visiting our offices. It sounds like there's a lot going on. Now is this local to Toronto? Uh, yeah, we're located at 2340 Dundas Street, so we're right at Young and uh, Dundas and Bloor. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's we're in the GTA, and people, we, you know, over the pandemic, we've also branched out because there was no geographical boundaries, so a lot of people have connected us on remotely and whatnot. Um, now that the pandemic has gone away, a lot of us stuff, our, our staff are back in the office. And a lot of our clients are also visiting our locations as well. Okay, so we know post-pandemic, um, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic must feel a little different. I'm not sure how long you've been working for the organization, but how has it felt in the last couple of years for people coming out for services? Are there particular things that you find people want more assistance and support with? Uh, yeah, the, the number one thing, unfortunately, um, I'm sure you've heard of this across the whole board, is a lot of the people that we meet with Number one issue is housing. Right. Housing has... Oh, across the board. Right, across the board. Housing is the number one thing that people are wanting. Um, no matter what program that, you know, we offer, we offer a wide spectrum of programs and whatever my staff are talking to individuals, the number one thing they're asking about is housing. After housing, they're looking at health care, and after health care, they're looking at also, you know, how do they transition their, their children into the school systems. But right now, Ram and I, the number one is, is housing. Mm -hmm. 
So with housing, I'm curious about um, accommodations, and I guess we can expand from housing, but when we're talking people with disabilities, and especially in our mm -hmm. current uh, venue right now and the event that's going on, Balanced Community Fair, I'm curious about people with disabilities reaching out to CultureLink for support. What kinds of particular things do you, do you want to point at that people can reach out for? Again, our programming is right across the board. We, we do not discriminate against anybody that's coming in, mm -hmm. even newcomers, generally newcomers and whatnot. Um, whatever disability they come into our offices, as we try to support them with that. We have connections with throughout, throughout the uh, community with organizations that uh, provide specific uh, needs for individuals with disabilities. We're there to support them in what capacity that we can, but once we reach a capacity that we can support them, we also make the referrals to other organizations that allow or can support them a little better than we can with uh, housing or whatever, the, or whatever their needs are, employment needs or whatnot. So then we can make that referral as well. Incredible. And I appreciate that there's like this web of support systems connected yes. to each other, right? That makes a huge difference. Yes. Especially in a place like Toronto where you're talking about multiculturalism, uh, newcomers from all around the world, the kinds of sensitivity uh, you need to provide for people to get that communication across. across. Yes. And I think that's the number one thing from people coming from abroad and coming into Canada and settling into Canada in the GTA area is they're not aware of the programming that's available mm -hmm. and, and when you know and when we make a referral to other agencies you know they're ecstatic that there is a, this opportunity because what we hear is that opportunities like this are very minimal from where they're coming from so when they come to an organization like CultureLink and you know kind of receive the services that they're receiving from us or making the referral to other outside organizations you know they're, they're happy to hear that these are available to them. Are you one of the first organizations that people go to when they come we, to the We are on, on the list mm -hmm. uh, when people arrive at the airports uh, as, as a settlement service agency that they get referred to. That's incredible. Yes. That's incredible. Tell me a little bit more about your role and how you help what you do on a regular. Uh, my, world's a little, my role is a little bit more boring. Um, what I do <laughs> is I kind of supervise the managers and I supervise staff in regards to, you know, accountability, you know, funding and all that stuff there. Um, you know, staff tell me about issues that they're having and challenges they're having with, you know, how to support their clients. So I look into it along with our CEO, Jemima uh, Sabapathy. We look at what opportunities we have to, uh, you know, increase our programming, what we can bring into the office and how we can support these individuals coming from abroad. And obviously you know so much about what the organization does. What do you most appreciate about it? I think the most, thing, the one thing that we appreciate the most is that satisfaction that we've helped somebody kind of settle into a new environment. You know, what I mean, um, the fear is always there. You know, people come into a new country and whatnot, not knowing what to expect. And they're, you know, when they come in and, and meet with a friendly face and get the support or the education or the guidance from our staff, I think that's the number one thing that we can look at. You know, I'm not going to say everything is a 100% success story. But you know what I mean. We do have a, a large people or a large clientele that are that are happy with our services and have received the services that they're coming in to look for. Oh gosh, so many people come in here with so many stories, yes. hesitations. Um, a lot of the times, not even realizing what they're signing up for when they leave their places of home and come here. So exactly appreciate organizations like this always and the help you do. Dominic, tell us where we can go for more information about CultureLink. You can visit our website, uh, CultureLink.ca, and we're on various platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, you know, Twitter, and whatnot. So we're on various platforms. Um, you can use our info at CultureLink.ca. 
email address. I can go there to support anybody and everybody. Thank you. Thank you. We were speaking to Dominic Catulli, Senior Manager for Programs and Services at CultureLink. It's lovely to share these, continue sharing these um, interviews that we gathered at the Balance for Blind Adults Community Fair. It was a great event, lots of new faces, lots of new programs to learn about. So we got these snippets um, sprinkled throughout the rest of the year for you. I think we got a couple more that we want to get to. So just stay tuned because they'll pop up whenever. After the break, we're going to learn about a documentary uh, called Milk. It offers an intimate look at the politics of birth and infant feeding. We're going to learn more about it with the filmmaker of Milk. We'll be right back. This is Kelly and Ramia. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.